Good morning, church. Farmer Jones here, coming to you today from Shining Light Garden, right here in Vero Beach. A Shining Light Garden was started by Joel Bray in his backyard, little backyard garden, and he had a vision to grow vegetables and feed hungry people. And over the last 12 years, that little garden has expanded to where they now have 20 acres under cultivation and have grown thousands of bushels of food and supplied church pantries and other venues for feeding the hungry all over the county. If you want to volunteer out here at Shining Light Garden, just call them up and come on out. It's totally volunteer driven and they'll have an opportunity for you, whether you have an hour to give or an afternoon to give, they'll point you in the right direction and put you to work at something that's appropriate for you. What a, an outstanding location to talk about the command today in our sermon series, Obey Everything, the command that Jesus gives us to let our lights shine. I mean, it's appropriate not only because shining light is in the name of the organization, but also just because of what they do, the good work that they are doing. Now, let's get those scriptures before us in that command from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And what I want to do today is talk about four ways that we can obey this command. And each one is going to begin with lighten up, lighten up. So let's start with lighten up yourself. We want to lighten up ourselves. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now that's good news. That's something to rejoice in right there. I mean, that's not a command to obey. That's just a description of what we are as Christians. We're the light of the world. And before we rush to obey the command, let's pause to bask in the light. Because if we don't feel it, we're not going to be able to share it. I want to feel it today. I want all of us to feel it. December of last year, December 15th, the family and I went to SeaWorld. It's a beautiful day, 75 degrees, sunny day. I mean, that's the way it is in Florida. That's why people want to be here in the wintertime in Florida. So we're at SeaWorld and we go to the penguin exhibit. We go on in there to Penguin World. And Penguin World is designed to be an environment that, that looks like a, a cave that penguins would live in. You go in, it's dark and it's cool and you progress through these tunnels by foot and then on a ride and it gets progressively colder and colder until finally you empty out into this huge penguin exhibit. There's hundreds of penguins. And they're diving and swimming and sliding on the ice and they're waddling around like the penguins do. And it's just fun to watch the penguins. But the environment was definitely created for the penguins, not for the human observers. It is literally 30 degrees in penguin world. And after about 15 minutes, my party, my family and I, our teeth were chattering and we're looking at each other saying, can we go now? Now I know what some of you 
winter residents are thinking, maybe watching us from Ohio or Indiana, you're thinking, come on, Steve, 30 degrees, I mean, that's short sleeves and short pants weather. I get it. You are Nanook of the North, and we are wimpy Southern Floridians. I get that. But we were feeling it. And so, well, by the time we got out of that cave and burst forth out into the bright Florida sunshine, we were ready to sing the hallelujah chorus. Let there be light. And that's the way I want you to feel too. We are in the light of God. You are the light of the world because you have the light of Jesus Christ. You have the truth. You have eternal life. You have salvation. You have heaven. We have the Holy Spirit. You have the church. We have all of those things to rejoice in and about. And now here's the thing about our light, though, it has a tendency to fade. Our light has a tendency to fade. So we have to charge ourselves up every once in a while. You ever have those glow in, one of those glow-in-the-dark toys? Maybe you had the stickies on top of your ceiling when you were a kid? And glow-in-the-dark toys are phosphorescent. They have phosphors in them. And they absorb energy from a light bulb or from the sun so that they glow in the dark at night. But they fade. And they have to be held back up to a light bulb or exposed to the sun to charge back up. Well, we're kind of like that. We have to charge our lights. That's why I'm saying lighten up yourself. Remember in the Old Testament when Moses would go up on Mount Sinai to spend time face to face with God or at least as close to face to face as a, as a human can get. And then when he would come down from the mountain having spent time in the presence of the very essence of God exposed to the glory of God, what happened? His face glowed didn't it? His face literally glowed. And when he went into the tabernacle, and same thing, and spent time with God, he would come out of the tabernacle, his face glowed. However, the glow would begin to fade over time. And he put a, the Bible says he put a veil over his face because the light was fading until he went back to be with God again and got all charged up. And then he's got his glow on. Now, that's a great illustration of our light as we are the light of the world. In fact, the Apostle Paul alludes to that very Old Testament example of Moses. And he writes in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, We all, as Paul was a bit of a southerner, you all, we all, he says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now the key there is that phrase, we contemplate the Lord's glory. We're talking about lighting up ourselves and getting our glow on. We need to do the same thing that Moses did. We go into the presence of God and we converse with Him. We talk to God and God talks to us. And in that process, we are exposing ourselves to the glory of God. Of course, you know where I'm going with this. is It's Bible study and prayer. We talk to God in prayer, and God talks to us through His Word. The Hebrew writer says, when you read the Word of God, even the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, he says, is speaking to you. And that's why that, that time with God every day, I'm sure you got with God this morning, or 
If you're HT or that type, you have your time with God in the evening perhaps. When we have that time with God and the scripture and prayer, then we are charging ourselves back up. We're getting our glow on. We're recharging that light. And there may be other ways to do that as well, worshiping and singing music, being out in God's creation and nature. All of this charges us up, but the bread and the butter of lightening up ourselves is time spent in the presence of God with his word and in prayer. Okay, so number one is lighten up. All right, we're talking about lighten up. And we said lighten up yourself. Here's the second lighten up. Lighten up the world. Lighten up the world. Jesus continues, let your light shine. Now, you don't see a halo up here, do you? You just see my farmer hat. There's no halo, and you didn't expect to see a halo because we're not talking about a literal light. He's talking about letting our light shine in another way. Well, what is that way? It's just what he said, by doing good. In fact, Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So th this is how we let our light shine. You know that. The early church did good. Jesus was described by Peter in Acts chapter 10 as a man who went about doing good. In the Apostle Paul's letters to Timothy and to Titus, these preachers, and his instruction they were to give to the church, we Christians, he said, teach them to do good. He said it eight times. Here's an example, Titus 3.8. I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. So we do good deeds. Great or small, that's not really important. Just that we do what we are able to do. We're not all able to do great things. Mother Teresa said we can't all do great things, but we can, we can all do small things with great love. So we do what we can. Now, we don't have lightning bugs here in Florida, at least I've never seen them, in South Florida. We have love bugs, which are good for nothing, except to destroy the paint on your car. But back in Virginia, when we lived there, they had lightning bugs, and lightning bugs are cool. The kids used to love to run around and watch them and catch them. Scientists tell us that a lightning bug has a luminosity that is equivalent to 1 40th of a candle. 1 40th of a candle, that's pretty small. You'd have to You'd have to catch 40 of them little critters and put them in a jar and they all light up at the same time to have the same luminescence of a single candle. But as small as their light is, you have no problem seeing one of them flying around at night. Because it's not about the brightness of that light, it's about the darkness of the environment. If a lightning bug is flying around out here at three o'clock in the afternoon, you're not gonna see them because it's not dark. And Jesus said, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, you've done it to me. You've done something significant. Just giving a cup of cold water. Well, think how dark the world was in Jesus' day. You had beggars lining the streets of Jerusalem. People wouldn't cross the road to help a robbery victim who'd been wounded. Some people wouldn't even lift a finger to help their own parents. And those were the religious people. <laughs> think about the pagans. So no wonder just a small act of kindness, of, of goodness, is going to shine bright. And our world today is just as dark as Jesus' world was then. So it's not about the size of what we do, it's just taking the opportunities that we have before us to do good. And in that way, 
we lighten up the world. So we lighten up ourselves, lighten up the world by doing good. Okay, so let's keep going. We got four ways. We said we're going to be the light of the world by lighting up ourselves. Then we light up the world. And now let's think about lighten up God. What do you mean lighten up God? Well, I basically mean what Jesus meant when he says, verse 16, we do those good deeds so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now we're getting to one of the reasons why God is so pleased when we do good deeds. And there's more than one, but one of them is he gets glory. He gets praise. It's not about us and our glory. It's about God and his glory. Back in 2008, there was an atheist who wrote an article that was published on Richard Dawkins, a famous atheist website and other venues that captured a lot of people's attention. The title of the article is by Matthew Paris, and the title of the article is, As an Atheist, I Truly Believe Africa Needs God. Now that's the title of the article. And Matthew Paris was born in South Africa, raised there, moved to the United States, went back to Africa, observed what was going on, and as a result, he wrote this article favorable toward Christianity. I wish I could read you the whole thing, but just let me read to you an excerpt. He writes, as a confirmed atheist, I've become convinced of the enormous contribution that Christian evangelism makes in Africa. Christians, black and white, working in Africa, heal the sick, they teach people to read and write, they drill wells for clean water, and only the severest kind of secularist could see a mission hospital or school and say the world would be better without it. Christianity changes people's hearts. Africa needs God, end quote. Can you believe an atheist wrote that? Sounds like a missionary wrote that. But it was an atheist giving grudging admission of the transformation that God makes in people's lives and the good deeds that result. Can't deny the good deeds. They bring glory to God. See, when you do something good and you're a Christian and somebody knows you're a Christian, then not only do they say, attaboy to you, they not only say, like, good going Scott, they say, way to go God. Not only way to go Bill, way to go God. Not only way to go Mary, way to go God. And the glory reflects to God. Can I tell you a Papa story? Well, I'm going to tell you a Papa story. Um, back before the coronavirus, I had the grandkids at the zoo, including little two-year-old Abilene. We had just come into the zoo when the timing was right to witness something happened with an extended family there. There was another family that had a grandma and a little two-year-old girl. And as we happened to be strolling by, when the, the little two-year-old gave her grandma a big hug, and the grandma was so pleased, oh, thank you, sweetie, and she showered her with affection. Well, our little Abilene, she saw that. And for some reason, as soon as that little two-year-old got done with her grandma, Abilene toddled over, and she gave that grandma a big hug. Well, when when she did that, that, that family just went over the top. They loved it. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, honey. And Abilene was showered with affirmation. 
This made an impression on Abilene. Now, I kid you not, and this has never happened before and it's never happened since, but the rest of the day at the zoo, you may know what's coming here, the rest of the day at the zoo, whenever Abilene saw a grandma type woman, you know what I'm talking about? I hope I don't have to say any more about that. Just a grandma type of woman. She went over and gave that woman, that stranger, a hug. I don't know how many grandmas she hugged that day, but she hugged a lot of grandmas. And every one of them said, oh, that's so wonderful, that's so sweet. They were very receptive. And it was just adorable. Now you say, well, Steve, didn't you tell Abilene not to do that and to get into people's space? No, I didn't. Now I know you couldn't do that today, if Abilene did that today, she'd probably be arrested and fined $1,000 and we'd both be thrown into jail for a month. But that was, that was then. I didn't try to stop her because they all seemed to like it. And I'll tell you something else. I kind of enjoyed basking a little bit in the afterglow because whenever it happened, Grandma would look for whoever Abilene belonged to and she'd see me and she said, does she belong to you? Yes. Oh, she's so sweet, she's so adorable, she's so precocious. And you know what I said? Thank you, thank you very much. As if I had anything to do with it. Now, I didn't have anything to do with it, but they didn't know that. And I kind of enjoyed a little of that glory. And isn't this why you brag on your kids sometimes? And I don't blame you, you brag on your kids. Oh, my son just got a full boat scholarship to Yale or Harvard. Or my daughter just kicked the winning soccer goal. Or my son got on the varsity football team. He's only 12 years old. You love to brag on your kids. Why? A lot of reasons. But one of them is, hey, it reflects well on you. It's like you must be doing something right. And I think there's some truth in that. Uh, just this past week, Dalton and Ivy in uh, our church were baptized into Christ. And you either just saw that before the sermon, or you're going to see it after the sermon. And I said to their parents, to Susan and Jamie, say, hey, way to go, guys. As parents, you must be doing something right. It reflects well on mom and dad. And the same kind of thing, obviously, you see where I'm going with this, same kind of thing. When we as Christians do our good deeds, not in order to be seen or for our glory, but for God, it reflects well on God. It's a way that we can give praise and glory to God. And he loves that. Let me read you a quote here from Brennan Manning in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel. Now this is written from the, the kind of the voice of God, as if God were speaking to you and to me. And God would say, has it crossed your mind that I'm proud of you? With all your warts and wrinkles, you haven't given up. I'm proud that you believe in me enough to try and try again and again. I want you to know how grateful I am when you pause to smile and comfort a child who has lost her way. I'm grateful for the hours you devote to learning more about me. For the word of encouragement you passed on to your burnt out teacher. For your visit to the shut-in. For your tears for the handicapped. What you did for them, you did for me. And I know you know this. I know you're doing this, church. I'm just saying, 
it reflects well on God, keep up the good work. We, we light up ourselves by getting close to God. We light up the world by doing good works. We light up God by letting the glory go to Him. And uh, just one more thing that I want to say today. As we finish up here, one fourth way to lighten up is to lighten up the baskets. Lighten up the baskets. Jesus said, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. And of course, what he's saying is, we seize the opportunities that God gives us to do good. We ought to let that light shine. Don't hide it. How do, what are some of the baskets that we sometimes hide our lights under? I've thought of two or three. Uh, one basket might be fear. Not always do people respond with receptivity when you're doing something good in the name of Christ. You know, in, in New York City, as soon as the coronavirus hit, a local hospital requested Samaritan's Purse, the charity, to come in and help with medical relief. Now that's an organization, it's an evangelical organization that's run by the televangelist Franklin Graham. They brought in scores of volunteers, they set up tents, and they treated anyone who came to them without discriminating on the basis of age or race or, or sex or sexual orientation. They would come one, come all, and they treated them for free. And yet this past week, the city council in New York told Samaritan Purse to leave. They said, what you stand for as a Christian organization violates the inclusivity of New York City. We're so inclusive, you've got to go. So they were basically kicked out. Now some people see those kinds of things happen and maybe get intimidated and fearful and don't seize an opportunity. Let's say, so don't hide our lamp under a basket of fear. Another one might be poor self-esteem. I don't have much to give or nobody would, would want my help. And don't say that. I mean, that's an insult to God in a way because God created us in His image and then He recreated us in the image of Christ. And He's, he's given us at least eight, one gift, many people more gifts. We definitely have something to offer and to give. I mean, poor self-esteem is not the same thing as humility. Humility mobilizes. Poor self-esteem paralyzes. Jesus was the most humble man who ever lived, and yet he lived a life of doing good works and humble service to others. So let's make sure we're not blaming our lack of doing on poor self-esteem or humility. Whether we do something large or small, just plant that seed and let God take care of the consequences. I mean, think about Joel Bray. Here we are and a 20-acre farm. He started by planting a little seed in his own backyard in a vision to feed hungry people. Did Joel know that the garden was going to expand the way it has and he was going to feed hundreds and thousands of people over the last 12 years? He didn't know that. He just planted, watered, and let God give the growth. Reminds me when Jesus said, you plant that little mustard seed, the kingdom of God is like the mustard seed, it's the smallest seed, you plant it and God makes it grow into a huge tree and all the birds come and they make their nest there. Our job is to plant our seed, to do our good deed and to water it 
and then let God do what he's going to do. If it remains a little lightning bug, that's fine. God can use that. If it grows into something huge and influential, fantastic. God can use that. It's all to the glory of God. So, let your light shine, church. Let your light shine.